Welcome into No Pun Intended, presented by Club Fantasy. I am your host, Joe Zolo, and we have a very, very special episode for you today because two things. One, there's a guy with another with my name on the show, so two Joes. This is going to be fun, and Josh is hosting. So joining me is the host of today's show, Joshua Hudson. Josh, how are you? It's nice to turn the tables every once in a while. Not only do we got to keep the listeners on their toes, it's but like, um, you like know, I, I got to get on my toes every once in a while. So it's like once a year. We do this once a year. You're like, yeah. you're like Joe. We need a fill a week. Do IDP. I'm like, okay. This, 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 well, it's not even so much that. This is how I, I uh, keep you around. I, I give you the, uh, you know, the, the, the microphone and just say, hey, here you go. This is your specialty and you do it. And it's like, all right, cool. 51 other weeks out of the year, I'm the center of this. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> all right. So as you mentioned, Mr. Zolo, which that's what I'm going to call you for now today is just Zolo because our guest, as you mentioned, his name is also Joe. We have Joe Redman with us from Pro Football Network. Joe, how are we doing today, bud? Doing great. Doing great. Good to talk to you guys. Yeah, I'm really you're, pumped. You're the guest of honor, so I'm yeah. going to – we're just calling Zolo. We're, we're, that's all we're doing today. You the Joe of honor. honor? Yeah, the Joe <laughs> of honor. I like it. I like it. So, uh, real quick, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Tommy Garrett from Pro Football Network. He got us in touch, so definitely um, I'm very appreciative of that because – um as he mentioned you are as your twitter handle says if i'm not mistaken the idp guy correct <laughs> that right? is that All is right. my handle and th- this is awesome like you- you're owning it i am the idp <laughs> guy I- you come to me for idp stuff. i i love it so joe g- give us where we get where introduce yourself where can everybody find you and your work and and communicate with you and and uh get as much information from you and, and help in their idp leagues as possible yeah, um, it, it may be extremely un-Midwestern uh, un- of me to have that handle. I'm very, it's very confident, but it is at the IDP guy on Own Twitter. Own it, man. Own it. <laughs> um, I am, yeah, like you mentioned, I write uh, IDP content uh, for Dynasty Leagues mostly, but also for Redraft and um, just other random oddball stuff uh, on Pro Football Network, like uh, the, the piece I've got in the hopper right now for – off stuff weird stuff is uh forrest gump where would he have been drafted in the 67 draft so oh, um, nice. <laughs> nice. that is the kind of content that i'm here for. <laughs> so yeah if you've got weird uh think piece questions too i'm also your guy but yeah most most stuff uh all through pro, pro football network and, and twitter so i dig it i dig it all right cool so real quick before we get into the um the, the heart of the show and i'll let you kind of debate with zolo here uh, what got you into doing more IDP related stuff versus, you know, the offensive side, which is what what I like to call real fantasy. Yeah, real <laughs> fantasy. Wow, we're casting aspersions already. Um, I'm loving it. Uh, no, so I, I, I guess I really like weird formats. I like okay. I like things that kind of push uh, my brain in in different ways, get me to get me to you know think differently about stuff, and so. Um, when I first heard about IDP, I was like, oh, this is, this is great. You know, I looked around for a league to join, like hopefully there'd be some people who are experienced and I couldn't find any. So I just got a bunch of randoms off of Reddit and we all started a league and fumbled our way through it and figured it out. Um, and, and I just realized that there weren't as many, um, leagues with this kind of format. There weren't as many analysts doing the kind of analysis that was like, Hey, here's 
uh, here's IDP content. You know, that you've got guys like Gene Bramble from Football Guys. You've got um, uh, Bill Latin, who was at DLF for a long, a long time, Dynasty League Football. Uh, Steve Gallo at USA Today, a whole bunch of these guys who were doing it, but a lot of that stuff was behind paywalls and me being like a poor 18-year-old, I couldn't afford it. So um, I thought if I can't find it, uh, I'm going to make it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, I mean, most of what I I like to do is is, uh, teach people formats and help them learn the stuff. And so I figured, you know, the easiest way to do it is go through it. And so that's, uh, that's, that's how I got into it. It was, it was just a wide open chair and I sat down and no one's told me to get out yet. So that's how you do it, man. I love it. I I love it. My, here's all the extent of my experience with IDP leagues. Uh, we had one league that I was in for a really long time, which actually was kind of the basis of creating club fantasy. Mm. And the second year I was in it, we introduced, uh idps and i won the league mm. and the very next year they took it away and i won it again and <laughs> ever since i was just like screw it i, I i'm done with idps because i didn't even like it when i won it it was just like <laughs> why are these things here like get them away i love it so yeah that, that's my experience with idp joe obviously he's got several leagues that, <laughs> um he's all about it our, our main dynasty league that we're in he's trying to convince me to um, to add, even if it's just like, you know, one, one or two IDP one. spots, just give me, one. Yes. Give, give me a linebacker. Give me Bobby Wagner. I don't care. Just give me one <laughs> linebacker and I will run the table. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I've been wanting to get rid of kickers in our league and he's like a huge kicker proponent, Love which kickers. I just want to smack him for. I want to add you. The Jays are in unison here. Listen, oh, listen, God. I want to add punters. Let's Jesus. add punters. Yeah, absolutely. Inside I have the a, 20. Well, like I was saying, I love weird formats. Uh, yeah. I started a dynasty league last year with Denny Carter, uh, uh, which is only kickers and punters. Oh my God, Josh! <laughs> Josh, you're kicked off the show. This is this is it now. This is it. With it's it literally no punt intended. It's now just a kickers and punters only oh, podcast. Oh my God. It's a kickers and punters only podcast now. Oh my God, Punter- Joe! This might be your last appearance. <laughs> Hunters, I'm just messing with you. Buddy. What are we? Five minutes in, and I've staged. Right. We are. We are six and a half minutes in, and you have already blown future opportunities. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! This is nuts. Uh, all right, man. here we go. All right, let, let's 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 get into the whole shebang here. All right, cool. So, as you mentioned, Joe, uh, IDP is definitely more of you know kind of like a, a niche setting. Um. So let's really, here's what I want to kind of understand is like, what is, what are the settings of IDP? Mm -hmm. Because like, you know, everybody talks about like standard for, you know, uh, we'll, we'll just call it normal fantasy or real fantasy (laughs) football, whatever you want to, uh, the verbiage you want to use, but like standard. Yeah. Is there, is there really like a, a universal type scoring for, IDP, you know, you get one point per tackle, one per sack, two for interception, or whatever. Like, what what's kind of the 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 actual settings of um, IDP for uh, yeah individual defensive players? Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, so there's there's not really a standard, and that's I think one of the biggest like learning curve things to new people entering IDP. It's every league has its own particular quirks and tweaks. And and I feel like that's true about offensive too, but you can always like say, 
you know, there's a there's a rough standard to sort of look at and wrap your mind around. And then you add PPR on top of that in an offensive league. Um, but for uh, kind of the basic the baseline settings that I reference when I talk about like a balanced league is one tackle point to three sack points. Um, okay. You know, sort of most big plays are around three points for me um, or, or like, uh, you know, so one tackle or one point per tackle, half a point for an assist. And then like fumbles, I split into either three and three for forced and recovered or four and two, depending, but sort of like everything kind of revolves around a, a three to one ratio. That's, that's kind of what I consider a balanced league. Anything more than that for the big plays is considered um, uh, sack heavy or big play heavy, anything less. So if you have like four points per sack and two points per tackle, that would be a tackle heavy league. Um, but yeah, balance tend, for me tends to be around that three to one. Yeah, I always like to ask that because you know when when sites are going through and they're compiling rankings or um, you know like recapping positions and things of that nature, and they're referencing you know like hey, this person was QB fourteen last year. Like if, if there's no real like universal type of scoring for IDP, and somebody's putting out a ranking like hey, this player was you know, DL four last year in another league, he could have been like DL 16 or something, you know? What right. I mean? and, well, yeah. And there's so many more things I think to so many more knobs to twist and, and toggle in IDP than there are in a standard fantasy league and an offense only. Mm-hmm. So it, it does change so much more, you know, even though if, like back in his prime, you know, Wes Welker was like a, a wide, re- was a wide receiver one in PPR, but maybe like a wide receiver two in non. Yeah. But like, there's not that big of a difference between like, okay, flip to PPR. Those guys are just catching more passes, right? Correct. There's, there's not as much stuff to mess with. Whereas in IDP, it's like, no, no, no. In my league, interceptions count as 10 points. Safeties count as negative two. You know, you can, you can just do it so many different ways. And so it, you do have to have that context. Otherwise, it, you're right. It means nothing. All right. So you mentioned more of like a three to one ratio. Zolo, I want to kind of bring you in on this. Like when in your leagues, what's kind of your ratios when you're, when you're looking at scoring? So how we do it is assists are one, tackles are two, and sacks are three. So it's just a gradual increase in points. Uh, touchdowns are six points, so interception return, fumble As recovery return. Be. Yeah, they're six points <laughs> yep. across the board. Um, fumble recoveries are two, just like you would in like you know a team defense. Interceptions and sacks are three. Uh, safeties are two points, so exact same thing as you would see uh, on the actual scoreboard. And then for any fumble recovery yards or interception return yards, it's one point for every 10. So just like your running oh, backs nice. or uh, wide receivers or tight ends. Yeah. So, All right. Interesting. So that's the, I, I pay absolutely no attention to interception or fumble return yards because that's like once in a blue moon. Like Marcus Golden finished as a defensive lineman three last year because he had like a 66-yard fumble recovery touchdown against the Patriots. Like he had, he had like 40 <laughs> points in that one game. And it I should also him to... point out he is still currently unsigned right now. So. And, hey, look, he he had 10 sacks last year. It wasn't like he was a bad player, but his stats are wild. Sacks by default. Listen, have no pass rush. Josh, Josh, Josh. <laughs> who cares? It's fantasy. <laughs> Randall Cobb had 850 yards last year because 
there was still they threw the football 600 times. Yeah. Who cares? It's still 850 yards. It's like that's the thing is like in in actual it's defense. Still make a dent in fantasy lineups, right? No, so. sure, and and it really doesn't. <laughs> but like, and like I'm pretty sure no one had Marcus Golden on their team because no one wanted a guy who was just going to get like a sack and a tackle. Like that's just to me right. that's not enough. And then this guy pops off one week and is like, oh, we got to go get him. He just scored 40 points last week. And then he gets two tackles the next week and does nothing. So it's like, that's that's the life of a New York Giant. It's the life right. of an outside linebacker. Yeah. This too. All right, so let's kind of break this down. So obviously with real fantasy, we have, you know, it's it's broken down. You know, you have your quarterbacks, you have your running backs, your wide receivers, et cetera. The few IDP leagues that I have played in over the years, it's always been sort of like a – a group like yeah, it's IDP, 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 and then you can just plug any defensive player in those spots. Mm. So the leagues that you guys play in, or again, educate me here. Like, it, what's the norm? Like, is it you have defensive linemen, or is it DNs, DTs? Is it linebackers? Is it DBs, or is it corners and safeties? Like, what what's kind of the um, the ratio and how many of these players do we have? Joe, I'll start with you. Yeah. Um, so again, I, I, a big part of my goal is to get people into IDP. So like where I started was, uh, two defensive linemen, three linebackers, no, sorry, two linebackers and two defensive backs. So DL, LB, DB slots. Okay. That's it. And, and I group everything together. Yep. And I feel like six is a really nice number to get your feet wet to sort of like figure out, you know, the the way that things go, to figure out how the scoring works, all that sort of stuff. If you're brand new to it, I feel like that's a good uh, amount to sort of like start watching the other side of the ball and learn it. Um, nowadays, like I mentioned, I'm a complete utter degenerate with this. So we play 11-man defensive starting lineups, and they are all position-specific. Um, wow. And so, yeah. I want that uh, league. <laughs> so it gets deep yeah it gets really intense uh and and you know again in some of these um some of these sites too are different in how they run things so espn will offer an edge slot which is nice so you don't have the weird oh. arbitrary defensive end in a three four defense that's three down linemen four linebackers versus defensive end in a um, four, three, you know, all that sort of stuff. So they just go with edge rusher, inside line, linebacker, easy. Um, my fantasy league, it, it might take a little more finessing, but it does have the option to change player positions, which is nice. So, yeah, that um, was going to be the thing I was going to ask because, you know, you have these, these edge rushers essentially that, you know, sometimes they're DNs, sometimes they're outside linebackers. It really just kind of depends on, the scheme they're in because maybe they hit free agency. So one year they're an outside linebacker, the next they're a defensive end. Right. So, you know, is it very similar to like with, uh, you know, like these, like Cordero Patterson, for instance, is more often than not listed on sites as both a running back and a wide receiver. Like, do they get both those designations so that you can plug them in one of those spots or the other, or is it that's that whatever, you know, year it is, whatever scheme they're in, that's what they are. Yeah, it's it's usually that one. Um, some sites some sites go to certain 
uh, depth charts. So like I know MFL goes off of rotoworld.com's uh, depth charts okay. and whatever the Roto World editor staff decides, uh, you know, it counts as is what it counts as. Um, I, in my, in my leagues, you know, I'm a really, uh, again, degenerate motivated commissioner. And so I have instituted a policy of giving those guys dual eligibility. So like Byron Jones, for instance, the defensive back for the dolphins now is both cornerback and safety eligible. Um, because I, I feel like those kind of guys, that's a strength. If you can play both of those positions, well, you should be rewarded for having drafted that guy or signed that guy, you know, to be able to use them as either. Um, but it is it is tough in some in some of those formats or some of those leagues where they don't offer that flexibility because then, for for me, I consider that tough. I don't really like that because that changes a, a guy's value without any sort of work or analysis on my part. It's just sort of a random thing. As a, but some people I do know think that's a uh, a strength and it's just something you have to plan for or you know it's just a new kind of random strategy thing. So it, again, it's very much an each his own sort of deal. All right, Zolo, what's kind of your optimal settings then? Like you know, you know, Joe mentioned you know two two two, then the eleven player idp setup which you were that sounds very awesome. envious of <laughs> that sounds awesome i just i want an 11 man i will only want a defensive fantasy league now at that point i didn't even know you could do <laughs> a 11 that sounds amazing but no how how we have it in, i guess it depends on the site you're on so that's true the the one that so i, I the idp league i'm in is on cbs sports which is the best mm. fantasy platform this is not a plug for cbs we're not paid by cbs it's the best fantasy platform Bar none, not even close. Um, D-lineman, linebacker, defensive back. So it's not cornerback and safety, outside linebacker, inside linebacker, D-tackle and D-end. They're all mixed in together on their their like respective positions. So uh, D-line, linebackers, and DBs. One at each position. Uh, I tend to draft two. So I have one starter and one backup. Tends to normally fit me well because... Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, as, as much as running backs and wide receivers are sometimes matchup dependent, a lot of these are very matchup dependent, especially when it comes to D linemen and DBs. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, if you're playing a pass heavy team in your safeties, a guy who plays in the box, odds are he may not get as many points as another week where he's playing a run heavy team. So it's like th these are things that you kind of have to weigh when you go into drafts and stuff like that but I, I like the one 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 uh situation it you know it, there's still like when you go into free agency you think like or on waivers excuse me you think like okay you know realistically there's 20 people taken from each position so d linemen linebackers dbs you're like there's got to be someone else out there that's going to produce and when you realistically look at it there really isn't so like if you're in a deeper league like the one where you actually get to start two players like Joe was saying, I, I'm drafting defensive players way earlier. Like mm -hmm. defensive players in this league that I'm in, it's a 24 round league. So it's, uh, it's basically club fantasy settings. One QB, you have to start one running back, one receiver, and then you have your option to flex three receivers and one running back or four receivers and one running back, three running backs, two receivers, whoever it may be, one tight end, a kicker, and then your defensive players. So normally you'll see the first guy off the board tended to be either Luke Keekley or J.J. Watt if he was healthy 
in the sixth round. That Almost every single year, that's when it happened. And Luke Keekley last year, went in the sixth round. And that was someone I had targeted, and I knew him like, okay, I'm taking him in the sixth round. Didn't end up coming to fruition, so I ended up with Aaron Donald. No problem there. Absolutely love Aaron Donald. But at that point, if you're in a league where it's, you know, two players deep at each position, and you may, maybe you want to draft a backup, I, I mean, I would argue that right now, you you could draft Bobby Wagner in the third round and be totally happy with it. Because last, yeah. last season, Bobby Wagner in, in our... Uh, in our league, so you know, two two points per tackle, three points per sack. Bobby Wagner put up two hundred and fifty nine fantasy points. So when when you look at that, let's say round three, you're probably gonna take another you know another running back or another wide receiver. Michael Thomas, the number one receiver last year in this league, put up two hundred and fifty two points. Bobby Wagner scored more points than Michael Thomas in fantasy football in this league. So t- just think about that. Like that's how valuable these guys can be especially at the linebacker position. So it's kind of interesting that you're bringing that up because way back when, when I knew literally nothing about IDP leagues and was suddenly playing them, (laughs) I kind of treated the IDP spots in a similar vein to like your defensive special teams, your kickers, like you draft them in the later rounds if you need to, you stream them week in and week out, whatever it may be, like you're going to get the majority of your production from your offensive players. Now, again, obviously that's very settings-based, so it really just kind of depends. Um, and, you know, Joe brought up the point of like, you know, 259 points for Bobby Wagner. So then it boils down to, all right, where where are you drafting these guys? Like, is there such thing as like streaming IDPs? Like, it, you know, because, uh, you know, we, we have Ryan Weiss from the Fantasy Footballers. He's a great friend of the show. Um, he's become a really good friend of mine over the last year. And, you know, he writes a column for them. It's like the stream of the week. You know, he's always talking about streaming quarterbacks, streaming tight ends, streaming defenses, et cetera. So what's the, what, what's the strategy, I guess, with IDPs if you're going that route, Joe? Um, yeah, so. Or is there a route that you go for that? Yeah, you definitely, you can, uh, so again, all of this comes down to know the settings in your league. If you're in a start only one defensive flex uh, IDP league, you can absolutely just treat them like a, a DST or a kicker. Um, and and I've I've done that in, in a home league a uh, number of years back. That That's how, you know, that just makes the most sense. Um, once you start adding more slots and once they start being position specific, obviously the pools get either more separated or shallower. And so it starts to be, you know, way more important for you to, um, you know, to either grab a stud like you would a quarterback, you know, if you're going to draft Lamar Jackson, you're going to have to take him high this year, right? If you're going to draft Bobby Wagner, you're going to have to take him high this year or, you punt it a little bit and you do look for some of these guys in the mid rounds who are just in really choice situations. Um, I, I haven't looked uh, as much this year at uh, this spot, but for the last number of years, the Arizona inside linebacker spot in a three, four has been 
absolutely fantastic. Money. Well, Jordan Hicks was he was pretty mm-hmm. productive just from a tackle standpoint last year. Yes. Right. Even Deion Buchanan a couple of years back, and he's you know now basically out of the league. You know th- that was Josh Bynes had his resurgence there. It, just that spot gave a, a huge amount of snaps you know tons of plays going to one player and the defensive line allowed a lot of uh, opportunities for those inside linebackers to make tackles because it wasn't nearly as high quality um so places like that like this year i would i would put thomas davis in a perfect spot for that because he should be playing the the middle linebacker or maybe weak side linebacker ish role in washington um, and, and that's just going to be, I don't, I don't know that Thomas Davis is the peak of his powers anymore. I'm not saying that, but that's going to be a big time role. Cause there's literally no one else to, to steal snaps from him. So that would be where I would look to stream or, you know, to find values, but in terms of streaming, like you're just like, like Jay-Z said, I, that's how I got to call you, Joe's uh, Joe's, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you know, you want to stream a defensive back against a pass-heavy uh, offense, right? You know, ball hawking safeties and cornerbacks, especially. That's you want to go against a team that's going to be passing a lot and might give up some interceptions. You know, that's that's the prime way that I find streaming defensive backs. I almost always do that in def- in uh, in dynasty leagues, even. You know, not just in redrafts. I stream my cornerbacks. So, so much like we streamed tight ends against Arizona last year, you were streaming <laughs> DBs against James Winston, Winston last year, right? hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Without fail. Even New Orleans, because, uh, you know, even Drew Brees is good, but they're going to throw the ball 650 times. Oh, there's opportunity so, there. Right, right. And so that's, it's all about opportunity, whether that comes in terms of playing time or in terms of the ball going to their zone, you know? All right. Very interesting. Okay, so what is your, I guess, strategy then when you're going into drafts? Joe, you mentioned, uh, or Zolo, excuse me, you mentioned, you know, not having any qualms about taking a linebacker in, like, the sixth round. Easy. Like, is your is your goal much like maybe at the offensive position? I don't know. Everybody kind of has their different strategies when they go into drafts. Like, what's your goal when you're going into drafts, are you wanting to get like the highest scoring guys at the defensive positions and maybe sacrificing some of the higher scoring guys at the offensive positions? Or are you willing to wait and kind of take some of those, you know, value picks, so to speak, towards the end of the rounds and, you know, maybe find yourself in a streaming type position later on? So Blake Martinez, the linebacker that I ended up with. So Luke Keekley was taken before me, like I said, a couple picks before. I ended up with Aaron Donald. Donald didn't have his best year last year, but the next guy on my list was Bobby Wagner and then Blake Martinez. Round nine comes around. Blake, uh, uh, excuse me, Bobby Wagner goes in the beginning of the round. I'm like, okay, no one's really a big fan of Blake Martinez, so I'll take him here. If we did a ranking of IDPs and offensive players in fantasy football in this league that I'm currently talking about, Blake Martinez finishes as the ninth highest scoring fantasy football player in that league. You tell me you don't want the ninth highest scoring player in the ninth round. So, like, that, that's that's how I look at it is in the other guy, to a defensive back that I wanted, I was gung-ho on Buda Baker last year. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is a faster, more agile, 
in just younger version of Tyron Matthew in that Arizona defense. Guy put up 254 fantasy points. That's absurd. So it's like, would you rather, again, in round, I don't know when Buda Baker went, but for example, Blake Martinez put up 266 fantasy points. Would you rather Blake Martinez or Tariq Cohen to ride your bench? Mm-hmm. You'd rather Blake Martinez, every day of the week, you'd rather Blake Martinez. How about this? Even a good guy. Would you rather DJ Moore or Blake Martinez? Blake Martinez, because he's going to put up way more points than DJ Moore. That's how you have to look at it, is in the ninth round, or even go to the sixth, when I said, you know, when I start normally looking for these guys. In the sixth round, you're normally taking maybe your flex running back, uh, maybe a third receiver, or maybe your tight end. Do you want to take, again, the highest scoring tight end in this league last year was Travis Kelsey with 173 points. Would you rather Travis Kelsey, who puts up 173, or would you rather, let's even go to the defensive back position, would you rather a Logan Ryan who put up 212? So it's like that's the difference is Logan Ryan is not a sexy name like Travis Kelsey is. Neither is Sean Williams, Antoine Bethea, or Jordan Poyer. But all of those guys put up more fantasy points than Travis Kelsey did last year. So, again, that's what you have to look at. And guys like Travis Kelsey go in the second and third rounds. So when I say that, like— Because every article you read about fantasy football tells you that's where he's going to go. And that's the thing. is It's just—it's stupid. And that's why I never never take, like, a top five tight end unless a guy like, you know, O.J. Howard was supposed to be huge last year. Everyone bought into him. I did, too. Took him in, like, the seventh. Screwed everyone over. But the, the biggest thing, there were the top 20 linebackers in this league all scored over 200 points. All of them. So it's well, like... See, okay, so that, can that I jump point, in on that, actually? No, go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. So that's that's actually where I, I have to, for the first time on this, uh, disagree with you, Jay-Z, here, is, is that there you know it is... More often than not, it's more entertaining <laughs> that way, I promise you. It is. So... um when you the way that i tend to draft uses value over replacement so you're looking at the highest you know last best player you can get so if you got a 12 team league start one linebacker you're looking at linebacker 12 is the last startable player theoretically um you know so for me when i'm looking at linebacker one in my projections this year it's bobby wagner but he's only 31 points ahead of Miles Jack, who's my linebacker 12. So I would say that those those 20 guys who are going to score that much, that gives you a fatter tier to sort of cushion where you can take some shots on guys like maybe not Tariq Cohen, but you know guys like Mecole Hardman who could really have a big breakout year. Sure. You know you want him to be on your bench and and possibly flash, and you'd still be okay grabbing Miles Jack or Jordan Hicks or Devin Bush. You know a couple rounds later than you'd be getting Bobby Wagner because that upside for the wide receiver is so much more I think than the downside of the linebacker. So I think when you factor in positional value, it's it's tougher to, for me to want to be. Um, in on the highest guys if i can get uh you know the mid-range top guys i i would love that but i'm not going to stretch to get them and i and i think it's i think when you look at those positions um and how how the last again the last best player goes i i think that's the way that that it slices out a little bit better i'm glad you brought that up because that was actually going to be my counterpoint to that joe 
Because, like, you know, it's like, yeah, you're going to take Kelsey in the second round. Is he only putting up 173 points? All right, sure, I get it. But the next closest guy is going to be at, what, 120, 130 maybe? You know, your top five tight ends, those might be the only guys that score over 100 points. So getting the top tight end, while maybe not scoring as many points, proves to be more valuable than grabbing the top linebacker when I could get linebacker 13 and still score over 200 points at that position. So so I'll, I'll bring this up. Blake Martinez, 266 fantasy points. We'll go, we'll go to the worst tight end in this league in terms of the worst best, like you said. So tight end 12 would be, give me one second, I have to do quick math in my head and go down this list because it's And that's a, a struggle for you. It is. <laughs> so so my, Mike Gesicki would have been tight end 12 in this league. So uh, I sit here, and then guys around him would have been Dallas Goddard, Hunter Henry, Kyle Rudolph, and Darren Fells. So those are the guys that would have been between 10 uh, to 14. So I sit there and I say, okay, I could pay for Travis Kelsey in the third, or I could get a guy like Dallas Goddard in – the 17th round and have way better value. Like, okay, yes. Is it a 50-point difference between how much those guys scored in this league? Yes. Is the difference between Travis Kelsey and Blake Martinez almost 100 points? Yes and yes. So when you do the difference, (laughs) you're still getting 80 more points over the course of a season if you were to draft the best linebacker compared to, you know, the best tight end. If you got the best tight end and the best of the worst linebackers, you would still be scoring less points than if you were to get the best linebacker compared to the best worst tight end is is what I'm getting at here. I I think, I just think, again, to each his own, whoever wants it, and you got to play it, you know, by ear in a draft. Like I said, I had wanted Luke Keekley, but he was taking two picks before me. That doesn't mean I take the next linebacker on my list because the next linebacker on my list, like, for example... You have Travis Kelsey, who goes in the second round. I think, at least going into last year, I would say it was either Zach Ertz or George Kittle was probably second on most people's lists. I really doubt that a lot of people, like if you were sitting there in the second round, you know, at at 2.09, Travis Kelsey's taken at 2.08, and you're sitting there like, I could probably wait on Zach Ertz. Like, you could probably take someone else at the 209 and then wait for a wrap and get Zach Ertz. So it's like, there, there's a difference there. So you really have to, you have to know how to draft. You can't go in saying, okay, round one, I'm taking a running back. Because you could be the 10th pick in that round and nine running backs get rattled off and Michael Thomas falls in your lap. And it's like, okay, well, Michael Thomas is here. Let me take him. You can't be gung-ho on a running back. You have to. You have to. Yeah, be that's flexible. how you lose your league. Yes. Right. Absolutely. You have to be flexible in your draft strategy. And what while we're talking about this, this is why I have it flexible. So how I go through each thing is just just basically off of my personal preference of how I would draft in my league. So this is going off of one starter for each position and one backup for each position. Again, grouped together. My first pick for a defensive player is either a linebacker. Or Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is just my favorite defensive player in the league. So that's just personal preference. You do not have to take Aaron <laughs> Donald. Okay? You should take a linebacker first. That's number one. You should take a linebacker. But if not, Aaron Donald would just make me happy. Then, 
<laughs> I go to a D lineman or a defensive back. Yes, nine times out of ten, a defensive back will score more points than a D lineman, but what I tend to see happen is D linemen start to go way earlier than defensive backs. I'm not really sure why. That's just in my personal history. But DBs, like I said, Buda Baker put up a, a ridiculous amount of points last year, and that's the guy I wanted. So if Buda Baker was there, I would have taken him, and then you would go to your DL. So either your second pick is a lineman or a DB. Third pick is basically whichever you did not take before that. Your fourth pick should be a backup defensive lineman. They are not deep, people, okay? Marcus Golden was the third highest scoring defensive lineman. We said it before, I'll say it again. Marcus Golden on the New York Giants was the third highest scoring lineman last year. So you really have to make sure that you have a solid D lineman, unless you just want to completely forgo that position. Like back in, you know, the late 2000s when it was Tony Gonzalez and everyone else at the tight end position, if you didn't get Tony Gonzalez, you just basically forfeited the tight end position for that season. You could play D lineman like that, but there is there's a good solid amount, but it does go very quickly. And then from there, I like to either go linebacker or defensive back as your fifth defensive guy. And then again, like I said, whichever you did not take before that, you just flip to that. I tend to ride DB and then linebacker because linebacker tends to be deeper and there's guys that normally come out of the woodwork more at the mm -hmm. linebacker position than the defensive back position. Like, sometimes you might be able to snag a rookie that no one was really talking about in, like, week three who's put up a couple good weeks. Or if someone gets hurt at the linebacker position, you could snag a backup. So uh, that that's how I tend to go through how I uh, my draft strategy there. Again, no rounds specifically. The yes. sixth round is when I normally start drafting defensive players. Because that, that's normally when they start coming off the board. So... Joe, how much I know you uh, you write dynasty wise and, and Zolo here is talking more so redraft. So what's kind of your strategy when you're doing, say, like a dynasty startup that includes IDPs? Like how how soon are you taking them over maybe some of the younger receivers that have, you know, that top like five, 10, 12 potential? Yeah, um, that's a good that's a good question. That's a really good question. It's. So it's it's largely the same in terms of what I've seen. It, it, uh, the top IDP, when you get to a balanced scoring league, um, the top IDP, and again, this is like the 11-man rosters that I've seen, um, they tend to start going in maybe the fifth or sixth rounds, maybe fourth for some when Luke Keekley was in his prime or when Aaron Donald was younger. Um, but uh, I... Yeah, I I wouldn't be for me personally I, and and this is because I have built up my skills of identifying um IDP assets. I don't really push it in terms of in, in terms of pushing, you know, the IDP options high. Uh if a guy falls to me that that's great, um but uh, yeah, I follow my board like Joe said. I I'm I'm way flexible about how I approach things. Yeah. Um personally i prize defensive linemen the highest because they are longevity just, yeah longevity is is tough for them um but especially you a lot more of it comes into talent and draft capital you know chase young is going to be a really high end idp draft pick this year i i think he should be the idp 101 
not not you know uh, in relation to offensive players necessarily but in terms of idps he's the 101 to me um because he's just an extremely talented highly picked defensive end uh and those are hard to come by um so for me a a top end defensive end is is the best um and then you know extremely talented linebackers uh follow that up uh the places that i'm the most okay with uh streaming like we were talking about before are defensive tackle and cornerbacks i don't prize those highly especially in startup drafts i really like if i can find one stalwart cornerback or one strong defensive tackle if i've got those specific positions and not you know dl or db slots um then so, I'll go there, but before before you move on from that, when you say stalwart corner, yeah. Now I I I look at someone like, all right, so like a, a Byron Jones for me would fit that mold, but he doesn't mm. get a ton of interceptions, right? Right. So the for me, like a stalwart corner doesn't necessarily have to be like a ball hawking corner, which maybe is what would constitute like a number one shutdown guy in the NFL. So okay. how does that translate to fantasy? Like, yeah. because obviously you want the guys that get interceptions, but sometimes those ball hawker, ball hawking corners that get six, seven, eight interceptions have 20 tackles on the year. Right. So how much more valuable are they? And how, how would you define that word stalwart? That's a great, no, it's a really great point. So uh, stalwart to me is just in terms of fantasy scoring. So I love uh, Tredavious White because he is constantly scoring Love fantasy it. points. He is constantly letting in receptions and then making the tackles. That's what I love about him. He's not good <laughs> so, enough. So you want the guys that give up seventy receptions? Absolutely, they only no. have to because they have because they get seventy tackles, right? That, is that it? Absolutely. That, now that's fact. Like Corey yeah. Lit- Corey Littleton allowed eleven catches to Alvin Kamara <laughs> in the NFC Championship game, and he had eleven tackles off of those eleven catches. That's twenty. Yep. That's twenty-two points right there for me. I'll take that. So, Ch- so for me, I, like I would constitute that. That's what like Blake Bortles' prime like garbage time is. Yes. Like, yes. yes. Letting in all the interceptions just so you can get the tackle. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. The, I mean, this has been the big thing with like uh, Brian Poole and DJ Hayden are two of my favorite cornerbacks to to play to stream to draft whatever. They have been for a number of years because. It, two separate reasons, but Hayden just doesn't have like top tier shutdown skills the way that he was drafted a number of years back, but he's a great tackler. So he will let the receiver get the ball, but then can drag him down and score the points. Brian Poole plays an extremely difficult position to, to stop, you know, to, to be a shutdown corner. It's really hard to shut down from the slot. And so without fail guys like Edelman or whatever are going to get the ball and run for a couple yards, and Poole will be right on them and catch up to them. But it's really, really hard to be a uh, pass, you know, defending, uh, ball-hawking slot cornerback. That just doesn't happen. Desmond King was a great example of that a number of years, maybe two years back for the Chargers, where he just didn't have the pure agility to jump the routes all the time, but he was an, uh, just a fantastic tackler. He still is. Um, and so, yeah, th- those positions, I want guys who are a little bit, for most leagues, again, most leagues you want the guys who are not the best cover corners, 
but great tacklers. Darrell Rivas was a terrible fantasy asset. You terrible. don't want Darrell Rivas. Awful. Well, I'll even add to that because you talk about like lockdown guys and one of the guys who was tied for the league lead interception, Stephon Gilmore. Mm. Like he he scored and again, this is defensive backs here, so I'm I'm wrapping them into the whole thing, and I don't know how it looked if you split them up into cornerback specifically, but I mean, Stephon Gilmore wouldn't even be startable in most leagues is, is the thing. is right. Because, yes, does he stick his nose in there and he's not afraid to tackle? 100%. But nine times out of ten, the guy's not going to allow a catch. So that that's the issue is he's not going to allow a catch and he's past, past deflections and passes defensed. I mean, every league I've played in haven't gotten points. So if you play in a league where passes defensed, get points, maybe Stephon Gilmore's a pick. But you right. want a guy, like Joe said, they're they're really good at covering, but they don't break on the ball, so they allow the catch, and then they tackle them. And it's a solo tackle, so you get more points on top of it. That's Yeah. That's the to, to put it in To put it in rookie terms, for instance, Jeff Okuda in Detroit is too good. Oh, yeah. You don't want to draft him. You want to draft a guy like... Damon Arnett in Las Vegas. He's going to be great at allowing a catch and tackling the guy. He's going to get so burned. Like Gary, I know. Gary God, he was such a reach at 19. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean. I think he start on that one. Well, can, can he run fast? Because that's, uh, that's the Al Davis method. <laughs> Just run, baby. Dar- Darius Hayward Bay. Throw back. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, the right. I actually just got done. Uh, statting out the Raiders offensive players and I like I'm not even happy with how it came out like (laughs) I'm I'm like I'm looking at this and I'm just like you you spend you spend a first round pick 12th overall on Henry Ruggs so like in my head I'm like okay you you're going to force feed this guy the football but I only have him statted out for 76 targets because that's just that's the mentality that I have with burners like him you, you better not, you better not like, have hated on my boy Hunter Renfro. I gave him 77, honestly. With, well, with and then like, they drafted Brian Edwards, and then there's... Yeah. Well, yeah, and then I you've mean, got Darren Waller there. So for yep. me, it's like, do you draft Ruggs because you actually want to feed him 130 targets, or <laughs> did you literally spend the 12th pick on the draft to be a decoy so that Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and like Jalen Richard and Lynn Bowden can just work underneath with single coverage. No, he, here's what they did. Yeah, like they, that, that's what I can't understand. Like which route are they really trying to go? Because you could really look at it from either end of the spectrum. Four four words: spider two y banana. Spider two y banana baby, <laughs> best play in the game. But no, they they uh, Mike Mayock drafted all these assets, and John Gruden drafted all these assets, so they could say to Derek Carr, "Hey, look at everything you have." If you suck this year, you're gone. Like, that that's, I mean, yeah. Are they good players that they drafted? Sure, 100%. Should the 12th pick have gone to C.D. Lamb instead of Henry Ruggs? A thousand yes. percent. There's no doubt in my mind. But <laughs> but the Davis family just likes guys that run sub 4-3. So they got Henry Ruggs. And I, I seriously think a big part of this was, is I think they knew they were taking a receiver. But they knew that they wanted to go into this everybody draft. Everybody knew they were taking a receiver. 100%. I, but they wanted to go into this draft. They drafted a lot of talent to surround yes. Derek Carr. 
if Derek Carr sucks this year, he is not the quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders next year. Here's my counterpoint to that. Here's my counterpoint to that. Everybody talks about how Derek Carr is basically a dink and dunker, right? He is. So they drafted a bunch of speed guys that you can dink and dunk to (laughs) and rack up the yak. So are they not really surrounding Carr with players that fit his game? Josh, Josh, listen, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. (laughs) Josh, I'm not saying that the Raiders are a smart organization. I'm just saying what their thought process was. I'm not saying that they did the right thing. I'm just saying that they they did a thing. Oh, they, they definitely did a thing. That's just for sure. A thing. They're not a very smart organization, John. They haven't really done much. They definitely did a thing. All right, let's get back on track with the IDPs. Where so, are we at? Where where are we at this point? Are we yeah, on the I'm rankings. Lost track, honestly. I'm just are we like, at rankings? Where, where yeah. are we? Almost there. I did. I did have one question, real quick, because Joe <laughs> Joe mentioned kind of in the in the dynasty startup mold. He's targeting more defensive ends versus linebackers. And Zolo, you mentioned like basically everything that you've talked about has been linebacker, linebacker, linebacker. Yeah, I put out for linebackers. That's that's what I'm basically saying. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. But anyway. Carry on. Carry on with the question. Now you know how I feel. Now you know how I feel. Getting blindsided by some random word. Basically, yeah. So, all right. What's kind of your – I'll give this – start with Joe, and then we'll work to Zolo. Like, in in your eyes, what are the more valuable positions? Like, where are you starting your draft identifying these positions and saying, all right, I need this guy, I need this guy, I need this guy? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it is defensive end for me. I want a premium defensive end. If I can get one, that would be where I would go first for IDP. Um, if it's not there and there's a very narrow tier of premier defensive ends. So for me, like this year, if I'm looking at that, uh, I, my top two guys there are Miles Garrett and Demarcus Lawrence. And if I don't get those guys, then I'm moving Wait, over. Wait, do you get extra points for hitting quarterbacks on the head with your helmet when you take Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Do you guys not do that That's in all your I wanted to hear. Weird, Thank you. Weirdly enough, it's like 50, like in GTA, when you hit a kid, like 50 points, you actually get 50 points if Miles yeah. Garrett takes his helmet off and hits a it's quarterback. It's like a turbo safety. I like it. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Strange. <laughs> yeah. I And now this is fully if, uh, you know, if Miles plays the full season and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, just based on the situation in Cleveland, he's my number one defensive end. If uh, those guys go, though, then I'm, yeah, then I'm absolutely moving over to linebacker and I'm just hammering that. Because the, as, as Jay-Z said, it's just, it's, there are so many more points in the linebacker position than in other positions. You just rack up so many more tackles. These are the guys that get a hundred plus tackles a year. These are guys that can be versatile and, you know, called in on coverage. They can get to the ball carrier as well. They can get, uh, you know, sack, you know, pass rushing assignments as well. So they can go through the line and rack up bonus points that way tackles for a loss. I that so if I can't get those premier defensive ends, I go to linebacker and then I go through that and and occasionally bounce back to defensive line. But uh, for me, it's it's always low end on defensive backs, even safeties. If I am gonna get a safety, I want a guy in in again in balance scoring. I want a guy that's gonna be a strong safety tackling in the box. I want a dude who's in run support for the most part, playing as sort of that uh, small linebacker type of role. 
Um, so for the number of years that like Dan Buchanan and Mark Barron were safeties, they were great for fantasy because they just racked up tackles. Um, now that they, you know, Mark Barron didn't do much of anything else. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's all he was good for. Tackles. Yep. That's it. Again, you don't need him to play coverage in fantasy football. Yep. Just need him to tackle. He definitely couldn't do that. So. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. It, you know, when, when Hassan Reddick was classified only as a linebacker, it broke my heart. But and you that's know. another guy that is really disappointed. Yeah. It's not, not even from a fantasy perspective, because obviously just I don't in general, to it, but just in general, like, you take that guy in the top 15 and I, I was kind of skeptical on that because, you know, he lit up the combine. I don't like combine warriors. That's my big thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the guys that flex their, their measurements and, and, you know, Oh, I got a blazing 40 time and I put up 30 reps on the bench, blah, blah, blah. Like sounds like okay. you're tweeting Henry Ruggs. Right. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's, that's kind of, and I know it's a completely different regime now, but that's a little bit what makes me concerned about Isaiah Simmons. It, it, you know, he's another one of those Swiss army knife, do it all linebacker safety slot corner guys, you know, going to Arizona. To me, the difference is like, he actually produced well, right. Playing all those different positions. Right. Like, and that's Reddit the one key difference. kind of like burst on the scene because of the combine. That to me is the big difference. Right. That's, but that's I'm with you on the skepticism because of the landing spot. Absolutely. Yeah. It just, so. it, it's definitely, it's, it's PTSD more than anything is Swiss army knife goes to Arizona. Oh crap. Oh no. <laughs> but I yeah, I, I actually wanted to see him in Carolina and, and <sighs> just, I think that would have been perfect as a, as a Keekly replacement. Mm-hmm. Why everybody fell in love with Derek. As the Thomas Davis replacement even. Can you imagine him and Shaq Thompson? That would have been an everybody Ooh. replacement. Have you seen that defense? It's terrible. <laughs> They've hey. lost everybody. Hey. R.I.P. Luke Keekley. I miss him. Yeah, yeah, he's still alive. Oh, by the way, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I know, but like <laughs> his his career Wait, isn't alive. R.I.P. Dead to me. Sort of like dead for fantasy or oh yeah, or totally. dead in the NFL. Listen. So to speak. not that they're actually dead. I want to. No, I wanna he retired. He's dead to me. The, the B.C. Eagles See, legend. The R.I.P. is is retired in peace. How about yeah. that? Uh, okay, now I get it. Now I'm there. You did. This needs to be caught up to speed. I got it. I'm with there you. <laughs> I'm hip. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little bit about rankings. So, Jill, actually, Zolo, let's start with you because yours are actually on the page and I'm looking at yours. All right. I know yours are more done in terms of redraft. So Correct. then I'll give Jill, I'll give you a chance to kind of talk about yours when it comes to Dynasty. So we can I've actually. Both- I've actually got redraft ones. I haven't done oh, my dynasty ones nice. yet this year. Okay, so, so now you can go we through. We can fight. Zolo, yeah, when Zolo goes through and says his, you can tell him how stupid he is and wrong he is because you're the <laughs> professional, right? I like it. Cool. Zolo, let's start with you. Give us some defensive lineman rankings. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we've been doing this for three years or anything. <laughs> <laughs> now yeah, you guys do have the podcast, so. That's true. <laughs> not like I've been playing fantasy football since I was seven, but that's, that's fine. Um, all right. So we'll just start. Uh, we'll start from the the line all the way back to the defensive back. So defensive line, uh, again, these are all roped in together. So linemen, uh, ta- all the tackles and the defensive ends are roped in together. Uh, from one to fifteen is how I did it. Daniil Hunter, Aaron Donald. Again, personal preference. I can't put Aaron Donald above Daniil Hunter because Daniil Hunter has finished number one the past two years in my league. So I just, you know, I that's just stupid if I do that. Uh, Cam Hayward at three, DeForest Buckner at four, Joey Bosa, 
Sam Hubbard from Cincinnati, because I guarantee you no one listening knows who that is. Nick Bosa, <laughs> Cam Jordan, Grady Jarrett, Calais Campbell at 10 in his new home of Baltimore, J.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, the rookie Chase Young, and Chris Jones. One thing that I want a lot of people to note here is that you don't see a lot of guys that are just straight sack machines. And that that's the thing is you want a balanced defensive lineman. Because if you just get a guy who is strictly in there to pass rush, he will barely finish with 100 points. You want a guy who's going to be in there all three downs, if not like most of the time, basically 90% of the defensive snaps, and a guy who can do everything. Like, yes, is Joey Bosa known for his pass rushing? 100%. But he can also be a very good uh, run defenseman as well. So that that's that's my D-lineman. Joe, go ahead. I don't know what your thoughts are there. Yeah, that's but... what I was going to do, Zola. I was going to kind of stop you before you moved on. So, yeah, yeah Joe, talk. Your turn. <laughs> you talk. Go. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I agree with a lot of these guys. Uh, for me, uh, just – just as a, a bit of a commentary on yours, Jay-Z, is uh, Buckner, I'm a little bit nervous just about the new landing spot and what uh, Matt Everflus is going to ask him to do in Indianapolis. Just I, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm a little bit more bearish on it. So I've got him a bit lower. Um, and uh, Grady Jarrett, but again, I think that's because of my scoring system is slightly different than yours. Yeah. Uh where tackles are slightly less valuable, and so, therefore, sacks are a little more uh, uh, valuable, and defensive tackles would then be a lot less valuable. They're not asked to pass rush nearly as much. So, um, But, yeah, I agree with a lot of this. I, I'm fairly similar. Um, Miles Garrett at one, uh, Demarcus Lawrence at two, Cameron Jordan of New Orleans at three, Daniil Hunter of Minnesota at four, I've got the rookie, the homie, Chase Young uh, of Washington, five. Cam Hayward at six. Brandon Graham at seven. Yannick Ngakwe, asterisk, if he decides to play this year at eight. Uh, Aaron Donald, nine. Indomitian Sue, shockingly, I was stunned by this at wow. ten. Yeah. Uh, I Hey, I just do oh, the man. math. Oh, man. <laughs> I just do the math. I just do the <laughs> math, and the sheet tells me what happens. Uh, <laughs> Olivier Vernon at 11. I love the Cleveland guys this year. Um, Jeffrey Simmons in a new big role filling the shoes of Jarrell Casey in Tennessee at 12. God, it's going to be a bad defense. Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Farrell of the Raiders oh. at 13. Jarrell Casey he himself. come on a little bit towards he the did. end did. He did. And, and they're the going to be on the field a lot. That, dude. Uh, yeah, so Casey at 14 and Carlos Dunlap at 15. I feel like when all this is over, we need to create like a universal, like standard IDP scoring. I'm so in for that. Agreed. Like be so much easier. Be, yeah. Because, because if you're listening, you could hundred percent tell mine was more geared towards guys that rack in the tackles and are more, you know, geared towards, uh, they're better maybe on the running side of things, but are mm -hmm. well known for their pass rushing. And you could just tell by Joe's top five that, Hey, these guys are good at sacking. Yep, hundred percent. That that's yeah, lower the big lower snap counts on mine too. So it's gonna be uh, again, you get more um, bang for fewer buck, if if you will. Yeah, your like your uh, your pass rushing defensive linemen and defensive ends or edge rushers, uh, mm -hmm. those are like your Deshaun Jacksons, where yep. 
you're going to see limited time or, you know, limited, um, I guess, you know, it's not on the defensive side of the ball, limited, like, targets. Um, but, you know, for lack of a better term here, limited targets. But the reward is so high that it that it's might be worth the risk of starting this guy, despite him, you know, getting less snaps. Yep. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's look at the linebackers. Zola, All right. R.I.P. Luke Keekley. That's how I have it in the show notes. I'm going to say it one more time. Uh, every year, I don't care if Luke Keekley was coming off both ACL surgeries and five concussions, I'd have him at one. Every single year, I don't care. This year, though, Bobby Wagner. Um, and to me, it, the top three are really – I really don't think there's much competition with these guys. It's Bobby Wagner, Blake Martinez, and Darius Leonard in that order. Uh I really don't know why Giants fans are mad about the Blake Martinez signing. Like, oh my I, god, it was a great signing. I, As a I, Packer fan, I can attest to that. I'm I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay. Well, and their defense, the Giants' defensive coordinator came from Green Bay. Like yeah. that's why they targeted Blake Martinez. He knows but, the defense. But but here's the thing, in fantasy football, the guy might have 300 points with how bad that defense is. He's going to be all over the place. But I, I I didn't I don't understand like when they signed Blake Martinez, everyone's like. Oh, this guy can't tackle. Why did we sign him? He was he had the second most solo tackles and the third most solo tackles in the NFL overall, second most at the linebacker position. Like I'm I'm sorry. That to me screams I can tackle. So like <laughs> I, like that's just stupid. So I love Blake Martinez. He did wonders for me last year. He he averaged almost 17 points a game. I love Blake Martinez. Uh at 4 Joe Schobert, that's a guy that really no one talks about, uh, but he's in Jacksonville now. So uh, change of scenery, but Joe Schobert, uh, a guy you never, you never hear his name, but he's all over the field. Roquan Smith at five. Corey Littleton, my favorite guy who can't cover any running backs out of the backfield, <laughs> playing with the Las Vegas Raiders now. So twice a year, he will see the Kansas City Chiefs, which means... Oh, Chief. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to blow that bastard up. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen, listen. I don't care if Littleton's trailing him as long as he can dive and trip him up and get me two points on a tackle. That's all I care about. You're kidding me? That spin move is going to take him so far out of his shoes. He's not going to know right, where to go. Fine. Well, when Damian Williams is on the field, then then we'll be fine. Uh, seven, <laughs> Levante David. I, I don't know how long this guy has been in the league, but if he plays – Anywhere b- above 14 games, the guy's a lock for a, a linebacker one. A lock. Yep. Unbelievable. Bold next two. Eight, I have Patrick Queen. I Like, in that Baltimore defense, the middle, the linebackers just feast on that defense, and I think Patrick Queen's going to be one of them. Nine, Isaiah Simmons. We already talked about Jordan Hicks from last year. I mean, have you seen more of a – like, when you when you play Madden – and you go through, you know, you're running your franchise, you're scouting players for next year, and you see the the thing like he's a, he's a cover man guy, he's a zone player, and then there's, you know, the the stereotype called prototype. If there if you looked up prototype in the dictionary, there'd be a picture of Isaiah Simmons. Like this guy screams prototype. So that's why I have him that high. 10, Tremaine Edmonds, he played well last year. Fred Warner, 12, Zach, Gunning, Zach Cunningham, ugh, excuse me, uh, 13, Jalen Smith. This is by default. I really don't think Jalen Smith has a good year, but, I mean, he goes against Saquon twice a year. The Redskins can't throw the football. Miles Sanders, because the Eagles have no receivers, so it's like, 
Jalen Smith by default. Hey, we loaded up in the draft. (laughs) Josh, they're all going to be hurt by week two. Jalen Smith by default has to have like a top 15. Just by default has to have a top 15 year. Uh, Demario Davis, and then I finish it off with Jordan Hicks. That's just because the O. Where's Vander Esch in these rankings? I nope, nope. Vander Esch completely out. I think I think Vander Esch is not gonna have a good year. Hundred percent, Vander. Esch... Hey, I'm all for the Dallas Cowboys defense sucking ass. So thanks. <laughs> so well, well to me, Josh, it was between Jalen Smith or Leighton Vander Esch, and I I just think that you know being in Dallas, listening to Cowboys radio, and just seeing that. I think they like Jalen Smith more than Leighton Vander Esch. Well, they did already extend him, so and mm-hmm. and that that's my point is they gave him the extension, which was way too much money, and I, I just I think that they like Jalen Smith more, so he's going to have more opportunities. That's why if if they like Leighton Vander Esch more, Vander Esch would be thirteen, but I think they like Jalen Smith more. So there's my Joe. linebacker rankings. Joe, go ahead. Yeah, I'm with it. Um, I, I was going down my line as well, you know, with you, and I'm like, oh, man, we have exact same rankings on some of these. Um, number one, the the guy, Bobby Wags. Bobby Wagner. Oh, God. Yep, easily. Uh, number two, I think Christian Kirksey falls into a lot of value I, that in Green was actually, Bay. I was going to bring that up because I feel like – It's a good pick. And, again, I'm very much a novice when it comes to IDP, but I do follow news. Mm-hmm. And when – Schobert left, or Schobert, however you pronounce his last name, and Kirksey left. These were two guys that played, like, every freaking snap for the Browns over the past, like, four years. And Schobert gets, like, $11 million a year on a five-year deal, and Kirksey signs, like, two years for $13 million or something like that. So, yeah. so like, he, he, is, he is coming off two injury-ridden seasons, so that definitely right. plays into it. But Kirksey's... He's gonna be uh, he's gonna be 28 come the start of the season. He's still young and in his prime. Th- that yeah. man can fly. He is a sideline to sideline linebacker. Right. When healthy, he's just one of the most in- insanely athletic linebackers out there. And you know all the coverage question issues with Blake Martinez. You know, I I think I don't. They're all I, there with Kirksey. Well, I, I just, you know, he's still got that same sort of question. And so, you know, I to me, I don't have any better comparison for the two of them than each other. I, I feel like it's an easy slide in, put him there. Plus, Mike Patton is familiar with Kirksey from being with the Browns. I believe I'm going to I believe I'm not talking out of my head, but <laughs> I think they had at least one. I think it was year. one cross. This, this is what year three for Petten in Green Bay. Uh, that's a great question. Don't remember. I think I, I think so. Everything okay. after Dom Capers is just PTSD blur. <laughs> that's fair. Um, so Kirksey's my number two on the back of over a thousand snaps projected for him. So we'll see uh, if he can stay healthy. Uh, about staying healthy and still in the prime, Thomas Davis is my number three. That's <laughs> bold. At age 38. That is <laughs> yeah. bold because he's that old. Yep. I, I, I am with you there, but I, you know, I love the landing spot for the playing time. Sure. Uh, again, the line is probably going to be a little bit holy like it was last year. Um, they're going to be transitioning to a new 4-3 defense with under Ron Rivera, so could be some growing pains. I, I like TD there a lot. Um, Tremaine Edmonds is number four. Uh, still really young, really fast, really. Yeah, he's in the league, I think, at like 19 or something. 
Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to yeah. be like 22 going into the season. Yeah, he's super young. Yeah, and he's incredible. The Edmonds he's brothers are both great. You, you, yeah. want, you want to talk about a, a LB1 in Dynasty. The mm-hmm. Drain Edmonds, is that's an arguable like first linebacker off the board. Right, and and right back to back with Darius Leonard for this year for me, Agreed. and I think those two are easily the one two in whichever order you want in Dynasty. Um, yeah, fantastic for both of them. Uh, both easily top five. Both over ninety tackles in my projections. Uh, solo tackles. Um, I've got Chandler Jones at six. Again, sacks are a little bit higher in my ranking systems, but he plays just basically every single snap. He's uh, just a monster year in, year out. I saw a thing actually, too, that showed for his age, uh, I think it might have been Pro Football Focus put this out, but for his age, Chandler Jones is has more sacks uh, than I think it was, was it, uh, oh, geez, Bruce Smith of the Buffalo Bills from the, you know, the That wouldn't the shock 90s. me. I think Jones yeah. is probably one of the most perennially underrated Every defensive year. ends. Yeah. Simply because he's no longer with the Patriots. Right, right. Like he he's continually racks up the sacks. He gets after quarterbacks and produces, and nobody talks about him because Arizona sucks. <laughs> he's just, it's just so, he's so quiet because he's not boisterous. He's not a big personality on social media. He's just super quiet, and he, he quietly had 19 sacks last year. If yeah. if if I told if I asked you to list off the top sack leaders last year, you probably would have said Shaq Barrett at one because he was getting hyped up a lot. But right, I guarantee surprising. you, you'd have no clue who would follow him, and it's Chandler Jones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and it's the NL or the NL, the NFC West is just still kind of a nightmare for offensive lines. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Ooh. <laughs> I'm wearing a basketball jersey right now, too. It's just a disaster over here. Um, I'm, think... I'm just channeling all of the sports energy I can. Oh, yeah. I think the thing, too, with Chandler Jones is ever since he's been to Arizona the last four years, he's never missed a game. Right. You right. know, you know he's. You don't even have to draft another linebacker realistically if you don't want to because you know he's going to play all 16 games. Yeah. Absolutely. He's the he's the second highest linebacker snap projection in my model. It's he's just going to be there. The you know, health all all health considered, he's going to be just a, a lockdown guy there. Um then after that, uh, I've got Shaq Thompson cuz Carolina is also going to be a mess on defense. Uh Patrick Queen at 8, same as you. Uh, CJ Mosley and Avery Williamson back to back at nine and 10. Again, I think the Jets defense is on the field a lot this year still, even though they said they're going to run the ball more, even though they should maybe theoretically take a step forward. Who knows? Uh, I still think it's going to be a mess with Adam Gates. Always in the bottom three when it comes to offense. Mm -hmm. So whatever coach speak is coming out of New York when it comes to, Oh, we're going to run the ball more. Yeah. Shove that up his ass. (laughs) And his his uh, googly eyes don't convince me. I I do want to add, I had CJ Mosley on my list at 10, but I erased Mm. it thinking that he just, he would get hurt. So if CJ Mosley, yeah, if CJ Mosley's healthy, he's, he's in my top 15 easy. He's a fantastic player. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's always the big concern with them. And same with Avery Williamson coming off of an injury, too. Yeah. Um, Levante David is a little bit low here. He is the top 
projection in uh, snaps for me among linebackers. Uh, he's at 11 overall. I think Miles Jack has a nice bounce back this year going back to an outside linebacker spot. I think he got overwhelmed in the middle spot. So uh, I think he'll be great there for uh, Jacksonville. Uh, I've got Jordan Hicks at 13. This is solely based on the snap count uh, between him and Simmons. If Simmons gets named sort of the uh, more you know, three downish role, which I assume he will be because Hicks is terrible in coverage. Then Simmons will leap into this. Spot That's why him. the Eagles didn't re-sign him. He is God awful in coverage. Yeah. Classic, you know, thumper middle linebacker, but um, then I've got Devin Bush from Pittsburgh at 14 and Deion Jones from Atlanta at 15. I contemplated both of those guys. Jones, I kept off because of health and, mm-hmm. um, but was it Bush? Bush, I I kicked out because I I like Demario Davis a lot, and I just I I threw Jordan Hicks in there just because of the year he had last year. Um, yep, and then and, I, and a bunch of your guys that you named are like right behind them from sixteen to twenty one for me. It's all yeah. very close. Like we said, it's that that top tier is very thick for linebackers. It is. All right, Josh, defensive TV backs. Now. All right, let's here we go, go. Defensive backs. All right, Buda Baker, like on Mount Everest and then Landon <laughs> Collins on like in the Sahara desert. Like there's not even, there's not even a comparison. Buda Baker is the number one defensive back. Like that's without a doubt in my mind, Buda Baker's number one. I, I was screaming that last year and I was pissed. I didn't get him in the draft, but if you don't get Buda Baker, Landon Collins or Jamal Adams is a perfectly okay. Second option. What I love about, Landon Collins is he's a ball hawking safety and he'll come and hit you really hard in the mouth. Uh, if you notice, the three guys that I have here are all going to run through a brick wall and punch you at the same time. That's <laughs> that's the kind of defensive back that I like on my team. The violent Kool Aid man. Yes, I I want I want Jamal. Oh yeah! Oh my God, jo- <laughs> I, I love Jamal Adams and I I saw the same thing in Buda Baker and that's why I wanted to you know give him a shot last year. But Jamal Adams. I mean, you talk about, you know, safeties who can be really versatile. Uh, the guy had six and a half sacks last year. It's like he scored two touchdowns. Like, he does everything. So, and I know I say Buda Baker's like, you know, on Mount Everest and everyone's far below him. I truly think that, but Jamal Adams is ridiculous at normal football and fantasy football. At four, Sean Williams. Again, what I, what I said with Sam Hubbard and my defensive lineman – no one here knows who Sean Williams is. He plays for the Bengals. Why would you know who he is? Because he's a defensive back for the Bengals. Their defense sucks. But, like we said with Corey Littleton, they may give up the catch, but they're going to tackle them. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Sean Williams at five. Derwin, uh, sorry, Sean Williams at four. Derwin James at five. Harrison Smith at six. Jordan Poyer from Buffalo at seven. Tyron Matthew at eight, Jesse Bates at nine, also from Cincinnati. And you're like, Joe, why do you have two Cincinnati Bengals in your top 10? Well, because they both finished in the top 10 last year. They've done that two years in a row in my league. Taylor Rapp at 10. I really think he's going to make a jump this year. Uh, John Johnson at 11. Both play for the same team. Uh, Xavier McKinney. This is my bold pick here. Xavier McKinney at 12, rookie for the Giants. Logan Ryan at 13. I believe he's currently unsigned. Yep. I could be wrong about that, but I, I would be shocked 
if he does not get picked up. He is, again, he's not a shutdown corner, but in the slot, I, I truly believe he is a strong slot corner, and he's not afraid to get his nose dirty tackling, and that's why I love Logan Ryan. He's he, incredible for Tennessee last year. And, yeah, he's in talks or was with the Jets. Love it. That's so. perfect. Uh, Keanu Neal, uh, if healthy. I love Keanu Neal. He'll hit you. And then uh, Tracy Walker with Detroit. So that that's my top 15. Nice. Yeah, I've, I'm have i very different. Uh, all right. Uh, so this, uh, again. We've seen this all show, by the way, Joe. So it's okay. <laughs> I love this. Except to how you are. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, Earl Thomas is my number one, and I feel a lot less good about that after the TMZ story. But um, <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> I mean, that snap count might drop. So uh, Earl Thomas comes out tops in my model. Again, he's the kind of guy that doesn't go off the field. Um, now as he's gotten more, you know, into older age, he's played closer to the line, you know, in a more strong safety-ish role or slot corner-ish role. And so I, I like his versatility. Uh, but if his snap count drops, he's not extremely efficient anymore. So he will drop rapidly also. The number two I feel very confident about, that's Derwin James for the Chargers. Uh, number three is Sean Williams. Four is Jordan Poyer, and I want to shout him out because I was super in on his breakout when it happened. The Buffalo safety role is just... The, the Buffalo top safety role is absolutely like the Arizona middle linebacker role has been. It's just an outstanding fantasy football role. He's all over the field is the thing. And, and, and right. you, you look at the, the guy who was, and I, I don't know if he's still uh, opposite him, Micah Hyde. If you were mm-hmm. to look at pure skill, Micah Hyde beats out Jordan Poyer every day of the week. But the thing is, Micah Hyde roams around in the back looking for big plays. Jordan Poyer... Like I said, run through a brick wall and punch you in the face. That's the kind of safety I want, and that's exactly what Jordan Porter does. A hundred percent, yes. Uh, not far behind is Harrison Smith from Minnesota. He's always in that top five. I had no idea, actually, that uh, Minnesota classified him as a free safety. He's yeah. He's a strong safety to me if I've ever seen one. He's always in the box. He's always blitzing. He's always just around where the play is. And part of that is his speed. Part of that is his you know, doggedness. But I, you know, he is just the easiest lock in the top five uh, defensive backs for me as there could be. Um, I do like Rodney McLeod with Philadelphia also, especially now that Malcolm Jenkins is gone. I think McLeod is going to play more of the strong safety role. Uh, Ronnie Harrison with Jacksonville is number seven. I've got Buda Baker at eight. That could easily go up because he just has so much playing time available to him and he's extremely efficient. Uh, Justin Evans with Tampa Bay. Uh, Brad McDougald with Seattle, Tyron Matthew at 11, Keanu Neal at 12. Malcolm Butler is my lone safety at 13, and he's essentially just sliding into that Logan Ryan role from last year. Um, Eddie Jackson of Chicago at 14, and then rookie Jeremy Chin of the Carolina Panthers at 15. Yeah, I had I um... like Chin. I was a big fan of him pre-draft. He's yeah. got some. He's got some versatility to him. I had yeah. Eddie Jackson at 15. But after looking at every single year he's declined in fantasy points, I took him off the list. I don't blame you. I, I, I think it's tough, too, because Chicago plays uh, cover two shells, so where they keep both safeties back a fair amount of the time, and, and they just have tended to do that. Uh, and so it's hard to predict whether it's going to be Eddie Jackson or Adrian Amos 
that or not Adrian Amos anymore. Excuse me. It was uh Ha Clinton Dix last year. I don't remember who their second safety is now off the top of my head. Is but, it um, find out? Give me it's, a second. It's not still haha? No, no haha is fine somewhere else. Well can't remember where. Uh, uh, Dion Bush now is projected as the opposite starter, Dion but it's going to be, yeah, I, I don't blame you. It's, it's hard to tell which one of them is going to be dropping down on any play. And that's part of the design of the thing, but it doesn't help us for fantasy. No, it doesn't. They also, they have Deshaun Gibson on the team too, who that's surprising. Also thought he dropped off the face of the planet. I thought he did too. I'm a big fan of Deshaun. G I mean, he, you know, fell off the face of the earth when he went to Jacksonville, but who doesn't? <laughs> He was kind of the proto Buda Baker, actually, in Cleveland. Just he, a small little guy who played all over the place and hit really hard. I I can't explain how much I love Buda Baker, Landon Collins, and Jamal <laughs> Adams. Oh God! Like, like what? Like, well, you certainly tried today. Right? Like, <laughs> listen, you know. listen. When you think of like, when you think of like true, you know, punch you in the mouth football, those three guys come to mind. Because they don't give a flying F about anybody. Jamal Adams. I will see oh. you one Jamal Adams and raise you Avantes perfect, who doesn't okay. give a flying F. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, wait, is that a little too in you know? Oh, you're good. You're, it was, you're good. It was No, I just is that a little too literal punch in the mouth or No, no, I mean that's okay. that's fair. That's pretty on brand for perfect, so <laughs> Yeah. I it was it was funny. Remember the, the year that Vontez Perfect had like a top ten season? I had t I had taken him the year after, and I believe he, that was the year he was suspended, like the second half of the season. So that really that really hurt me. That was the only year where I took a linebacker that didn't finish top three. It was the only year because Vontez Perfect went got suspended. D bag. Oh, <laughs> I right, so. hate Vontez Perfect. <laughs> so that that all right that that concludes the ranking side of things. You don't want to talk more about Vontez Perfect. Uh, no, kind of over that one. Anyway, um, so real quick, Joe, once again, huge thank you for coming yes. on with us and uh, giving Zolo here a, a reason to feel more a part of this podcast. Uh <laughs> <laughs> hey, anytime you want to talk kickers and punters, Jay-Z, you let me know. We are having a kicker and punter specific show. No, that that's an off that's an off cycle show that will never air. <laughs> special the great edition lost show, yes. Special edition. Head to our Patreon subscribers only. To, uh, you there literally you took go, the words right? exactly. Head to our Patreon page, that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> I know we're talking about players who use their feet, but no foot picks. <laughs> I love it. That's a great note to end on. So, Joe, real quick, give um. Give everybody one last shout where they can find you and your work. And I, and I have a suggestion for you real quick. Ooh, so yeah. you, you were talking about projections, right? Yes. Do you actually release those projections or do you just put them in like you use them to do your rankings? Uh, I'm just curious. No, yeah, uh, that's actually a great plug because I do. So uh, my personal projections, I'm selling a stat package this offseason for the okay. first time ever. It's just five bucks and like – I customize the um, scoring system to fit your league. And anytime that I make an update to the depth chart, I send out an update. So this is probably one of the better stat deals out there. I have no idea. I didn't do any market research. I just thought, hey, five bucks seems like a fair 
amount for this. So personalized like all off season update to season long IDP projections for you. Cool. So. Well, I was going to say, cause I know like Mike clay with ESPN, like he does his like clay projections or, mm. you know, whatever, when he yeah, yeah. goes through and stats everything out. So uh, if you decide to like, you know, take some snapshots and share them on Twitter and stuff, yours need to be hashtag red projects. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like so, that a lot. You so, all right. Now let, now, that aside, great brand. Everybody, where they can find you? Yeah, no. So I am a fresh new, only about a week and a half in, but on the uh, PFN Dynasty staff. So that's Pro Football Network. Um, you can find IDP stuff from me there. You can find Forrest Gump draft takes there. Uh, all sorts of weird and wild stuff. I also might be uh, working on a podcast sometime soon uh, about football movies and TV shows. We'll see. Um, so that's, I feel that's like PFN's really getting their money's worth with you. <laughs> <laughs> they they have no idea what hey, kind no of shame degenerate the game, they man. signed I, I up. Love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then yeah, anything anything else you can find me on Twitter at the IDP guy. All right, sounds good, Joe. I'll let you kind of close out the show because this is uh your area of expertise. So. So I'll back back to my hosting duties now. Yeah, exactly. There you go. All right, glad. I, so, I did my fill in time. We're good. It's it back was, to you now. <laughs> so everyone, there was Josh's ninety minutes of hosting for the year. Uh, if you're planning on seeing any more of that, too bad. Come back next May. <laughs> <laughs> this has been no pun intended. Presented by Club Fantasy. You can follow Club Fantasy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at clubfantasyffl.com. The URL. Uh, I'm sorry, at clubfantasyffl. The URL is clubfantasyffl.com. Always remember, defense wins championships, offense wins fantasy football, and we will see you next week for, dun, 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 we are starting our Look Inside series. First three teams are Cincinnati Bengals, Washington Redskins, and the Detroit Lions.